0: Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have a queen, a legend, a rap icon, MC Light, who was a music pioneer way before her time, and one of the first female rappers to point out sexism and misogyny that often runs rampant in hip-hop. She helped open the door for future artists like Queen Latifah, Missy Elliott, and eventually Rhapsody, who were just on the podcast a few weeks ago and idolizes Light. Coming up, I talked to MC Light about breaking into a male dominated rap industry when she did. Her thoughts on the historic intersection of fashion and hip hop. And how she considers her all-black TV series, Partners in Rhyme, one of the greatest TV shows depicting rap culture. Up next, MC Light.
1: Let's go. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: York Post. A show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast. Leave a five-star rating. This week's theme is words have power. Recently, I sat down to throw bones with my brother from another, Draymond Green. Bay Area's E-40, and new author, Jamel Hill. And I felt I needed to share something with them that was really important because we all work in multimedia, entertainment, sports, music. They all intersect. I thought about the fact that I got into the media after being a member of the Fab Five because I knew we felt powerful playing, but I realized we weren't powerful being heard. It's true. So much so I have created a career for myself where my voice is now the most powerful tool that I actually have. And in that process, I've really come to understand that words matter. Words have a power to hurt and to heal to open minds, and to change the world. There was once a saying that got passed over by generations that I always disagreed, and it went a little bit like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. That's a lie. That's definitely not true, and that's why It's so important to consider the impact of the words you use to every person that you encounter, personally and professionally. So take a moment and consider how you're using your words with your peers, your family, and people you meet for the very first time. How are you describing others in those conversations? How are you expressing your opinions about sensitive topics? As a matter of fact, look in the mirror. What are the terms that you're using to describe yourself? Remember, words can influence people's emotions and thoughts and even their actions. So like time, use them wisely. My next guest knows all about the impact of her voice mc light is an icon in the music world whose words fashion and attitude have influenced countless other artists who've come long after her coming up i talked to mc light about bridging the gap between generations in hip-hop which of her musical tours was her favorite and the moment she realized Her words have power. Up next, M.C. Light. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast proudly presented by the New York Post a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. My next guest is an iconic rapper, actress, and entrepreneur who's been such a trailblazer in the entertainment industry. She's the first solo female rapper to put out a full album. Did y'all know that? Light is a rock. And she also paved the way for so many other artists. Mm -hmm. She's also the first female rapper nominated for a Grammy. First artist in hip hop as a woman to perform at Carnegie Hall and also the first female rapper to earn a gold single in 1993, Roughneck. Mm -hmm. Now her popular comedy sitcom series partners in rhyme you can catch that right now on all black tv it is yes. my honor to welcome the legendary mc light to the, <laughs> the what up though thank What's you for out? I appreciate you you deserve an intro of a goddess a queen of somebody that has legendary status and i know your story but i have to make sure i ask the question for those that don't know So we can get introduced to you so i have to ask you you started rapping when you were 12 years old while growing up in brooklyn Mm -hmm. tell me the moment you realized you had talent for dropping
1: bars Mm -hmm.
0: the moment i realized
1: uh i guess the true moment was when i met uh first priority music uh, milk and giz and uh nat robinson And it was an audition. Excuse me. I didn't look at it as an audition. You know, my guy, Eric, who I went to school with, he said, come to me, come with me to Staten Island. They got a record label. They're looking for a female artist. I had my rhyme book. We went to Staten Island. It was cold as I don't know what. We were going over on that ferry. We got there. Um, They had a Thunderbird, jumped in the Thunderbird, went to the house, went to the basement. There were like nine guys in the basement all waiting for me to get there. Oh. I opened up the rhyme book, took the mic, and started going. And they were like, Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I guess that's when I knew I had something. So give the audience a little background to Milk and Giz.
1: Yeah. Milk and Giz, yes. They are uh producers and artists. They started out with a song called I Love Cherries back in the day. Uh Nat Robinson. Um, who also uh, was their dad, but also owned the record label, uh, saw that his sons had a talent and said, you know what, let's do this. So he went and started a record label for them. And then they started to populate the label with other people. Um, Milk and Giz went on to create Top Billing. And why that is so instrumental in the in the yeah. success of my career is because I came on the heels of their record so we had records out at the same time. And anything that anybody wanted them for, they had to take me. Oh. So it's coincidental that I was the first one to perform at Carnegie Hall because they were actually inviting audio Two, And because <laughs> it was a two-group deal, no. No. I got a chance to perform before they
0: did. That is awesome because so many people, you know, kids chilling. Giz is chilling. And I wanted people to know where that came from because it's been sampled and you guys came with that and it just changed the game in so many different facets. Mm -hmm. But for you, as you mentioned, your rhyme book, it was cold outside. Yeah. A basement full of guys. Yeah. This is a male-dominated industry. What was it like for you breaking into it? And then what did it feel like once you started to earn respect, not only- of your peers, but of other male artists?
1: Well, well, first off, what I would say is I would never suggest to a female MC to do what I did. That, right. like, I would never say, go over on the Staten Island Ferry on an island, which mm-hmm. by the way, you can't get off of unless you're driving or you take a ferry, you know, so on and so forth. I would never tell someone to go into a basement of a house where they know absolutely no one except the guy that brought them there. It was just a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. And thank God that's not what they were about. And God had all of us coming together for a bigger purpose than we ever could have imagined. But I don't think I ever approached being in this business as a woman in it. I just had a story to tell. And it happened to be from a girl's perspective because I was a young child at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it wasn't until I got older did I understand for myself, not just from people saying, how hard was it coming into the business, but really having an experience myself that, wow, I really did break down some barriers. Um yes. And I know for me, it was Shy Rock from the Funky Four Blunts, One More salt and pepper, and Roxanne Chante and Sweet Tea and all of these women that were rocking the microphone before me. Um, so I never considered myself the first. I always thought, you know, hey, I'm just in it. I'm pushing the, the culture forward. But it wasn't until I got older that I realized how difficult it actually was. Absolutely. But you asked me, how did I feel once I got there? Um, I don't know the delineating moment of, Ooh, I made it. I felt somewhat accomplished at the first Grammy nomination, you mm. know, and, um, having people come to my shows, you know, having people show up to a video shoot. It's like, Oh, okay. I remember Mike Tyson came to stop looking. Listen, I was like, Oh, <laughs> I must be doing something, you know, like, that's um, cool. Yeah. So those moments never stopped. And there was always someone coming to see me or me being asked to join the Janet Jackson tour, doing a song with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. So, you know, like all of these little accolades along the way, sort of confirming or reaffirming my, my stand in music was always great.